Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Friday, February 17th. Dismas. What is he doing here? Today's scripture reading is found in Luke chapter 23, verses 32 through 43 from the message translation, which reads, Two others, both criminals, were taken along with him for execution. When they got to the place called Skull Hill, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Dividing up his clothes, they threw dice for them. The people stood there staring at Jesus, and the ringleaders made faces, taunting, He saved others. Let's see him save himself. The Messiah of God. Ha! The Chosen. Ha! The soldiers also came up and poked fun at him, making a game of it. They toasted him with sour wine. So you're the king of the Jews. Save yourself. Printed over him was a sign. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging alongside him cursed him. Some Messiah you are. Save yourself. Save us. But the other one made him shut up. Have you no fear of God? You're getting the same as him. And we deserve this. But not him. He did nothing to deserve this. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. He said, don't worry. I will. Today you will join me in paradise. This is God's word. When we enter heaven, there are three questions each of us will ask as we turn to one another. The first is, what is he doing here? The second is, wait, what are you doing here? And then the third is, hold on, what am I doing here? That's a story often told by a key mentor in my life back in the 90s, and it still applies, especially to this story of the thief on the cross. Footnote, the word translated thief would perhaps better be translated revolutionary or even terrorist. This wasn't a shoplifter or an embezzler of corporate funds or even a burglar. These were revolutionary slash terrorists, otherwise known as zealots or dubbed the Sicarii by the Romans, Sicarii referring to the curved daggers they would conceal under their tunics until drawing the dagger and repeatedly knifing in the back or front or both, I don't think they particularly cared, anyone that they judged as a collaborator with the state. That would be the state of Rome. And they had no compunction about doing so within holy temple grounds. Not nice men. Dark, violent, profane, criminals, killers, assassins. At least that's how society at large saw them, especially Roman society. I'm sure if you were to have asked them, they would have said they were just patriots. Two such patriots who committed acts of insurrection against Rome and murdered people in the process, no doubt performing the usual Sicarii knife work, were crucified alongside Jesus. Matthew says that while suffering the same fate, both heaped verbal abuse upon Jesus along with a mocking religionist walking back and forth below. 
Mark concurs in his account. John has no comment. But Luke tells us only one of them heaped verbal abuse on Jesus. The other one told him to shut it, acknowledging their guilt and Jesus' innocence, and asking Jesus to take note of him favorably when he came into his kingdom. Tradition ascribes a name to each thief-slash-rebel. Gestos, the heaper of insults, Dismas, the beseecher of mercy. Dismas never failed to create consternation in my old religious framework. Seeing how he was ushered into paradise without the benefit of water baptism by full immersion, for starters, no reformed life, no faithful appropriation of Jesus, no walking out his faith, he's literally pinned down and breathing out the last moments of a life we may reasonably surmise was unredeemed and violent. All he does is verbally acknowledge his guilt and plead for mercy from a fellow victim he publicly acknowledges as king. Like, what does he have to lose? And Jesus waves him in. He gives him a pass. I imagine them both showing up to the table in paradise, as Jesus said, perhaps with some of Dismas's victims right there at the table too, as they ask the question, what's he doing here? To which Jesus replies simply, oh, he's with me. At which point those victims get up from the table and storm out in an angry sulk outside the pearly gates where they find Jonah sitting outside these city gates too, protesting the presence of Ninevites within, still desperately hoping for their heavenly passes to be revoked. Yeah, move over, Jonah. I suspect you're going to have lots of company out there. So, as we pause once again for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder. Does the story of the thief on the cross cause you consternation or bring you comfort? What if we replace him with a modern-day terrorist who murdered multiple U.S. servicemen and civilians, including women and children? How does his open acceptance by Jesus sit with you now? Lord, I confess sometimes you really annoy and exasperate me. Not showing when and where I need most, not showing those people what for by raining on their parade, preferably with a generous dose of fire and brimstone. Thank you for being able to handle that hot anger in me. For that is the other great lesson of this Jonah story. You let him have his fit and gently drew him back with questions. Thank you for likewise making space for me in my own tantrums, pouring your mercies out on me, even as I fume over that same mercy being poured out on certain others. Meet me here, in this place of discontent and disruption. Just don't let me stay here too long. In your mercies. <laughs>